Restore Gospel Podcast is happy to introduce another episode of Stories of the Saints. Our guests today, our guests today are Lynn and Sugar Baumgart. I knew their name for a while when I was living in Ohio, just a young boy, because we had some mutual friends that I went to church with in Ohio. And then I actually met them and found out who they were when I moved to Missouri and attended the Colburn Road Restoration Branch. Um, we're going to talk today about their testimony and what they do and their activities in the Book of Mormon Foundation with the internship program and all kinds of things like that. And we have a couple other guests that are going to be joining us, and we'll just we'll hold off on that. It'll be a surprise. So, Lynn and Sugar, thank you for joining us. Glad, Glad to, to be, be here. here. Let's try that again because I had your mic muted. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad to be here. All right, good. Um, well, hey, let's just start off with how did you two meet? We met through school and through church. Lynn came from California, Oregon, and I moved down here from Iowa. And okay. we were both teachers. We both sang in the choir. Do we sing in the choir? I think so. So you, so Lynn's from Oregon. Well, actually, she's from actually, California. I was born in uh, Independence at the Sand. Okay. My dad wanted to always live in the ocean, so before I started school, I was at Manhattan Beach, California, and that's where I started kindergarten. All right. Up through high school, then up to Oregon. Okay. And then what, so how old were you when you moved to Independence? When I moved back here? Oh, yeah. it was back in 1974. I was already uh, uh, through college and had taught four years, probably about 24, 25, maybe. So you guys, but you both met here in Independence? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about that. Where'd you meet at? Church, school. We went to church together. She asked me out on my first date. She asked you out. <laughs> is that true? Should yeah, you? it is. It's true. <laughs> my faculty was having a um, part potluck, and I asked Lynn to go. But all the teachers that he taught with were all church members we all went to church with, and they said, yeah, go ahead and ask him. So I did. Very good. Well, how long did it take to know that there was something going on? So you were both members of the church. Yes. Right? Born fair. Okay. So how long did it take? How, how long was the dating going on before you thought, hey, there might be something going on here that's going to last a while? <laughs> we courted about two years. My, my um, patriarchal blessing said that the Lord promised me that I'd know when I met her who she was. And here I was, uh, when I met her, it was about 28. And I was beginning to wonder if the Lord had forgotten me. But um, at the end of a two-year courtship, we were um, on a up at my brother's, visiting at my brother's place. And uh, we went to Niagara Falls, and that's where I proposed to her. Niagara Falls. Wow. So how long have you been married? 41 years. Be 42 in December. <laughs> I love asking when there's two couples, where there's a couple there asking the question all at once and seeing if it's the same answer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll be 42 in December. All right. Well, good. That's good. Well, tell me... This, this is Stories of the Saints, which the purpose of this is to get testimonies of how God works today with the saints, not just in the scriptures and in times past. So tell me, uh, what's your earliest memory? Let's start, Lynn. What's your earliest memory of Jesus? What, what's your earliest testimony you had of him, you know, besides just, you know, your parents taught you about him? When did he become real to you? Uh, personally, in my life, I began to sense the, the Lord's presence, I think, when I was a uh, just around the time of baptism, and I was baptized at 10 years old in uh, Temple City, California. And um, I 
I then, when they asked me, I was called up in front and they asked if I knew what, what this all meant and what it was about. And I had had uh, baptismal classes and so forth. And I wasn't an eight-year-old. I was a 10-year-old. My parents felt like, my mother felt like it was a good idea to wait a little longer. And uh, so that perhaps maybe that could set in a little better before I made that decision. And so I, I think that uh, the, the A, I guess it's the A program, what uh, uh, is said that you, you join the church and you receive that blessing of the Holy Spirit, and, but then your life grows, continues to grow until you grow into that relationship more and more as you live, and it's still on the way. I mean, I'm still establishing my relationship with the Lord, and, and uh, um, it's a growing thing, and I think... I have an. I hope I have an eternity to do. Continue to do that right on through because I think the Lord is so big and so great that it takes uh, an eternity to know Him. I like how you put that. We Corey and I just recorded yesterday a two part on the Holy Spirit, and uh, because someone had asked a question, why the laying on of hands, uh, or do you not have the, any of the Spirit before they lay the hands on you? So I like how you said that you you receive that gift, but then you go into that relationship. That's, see, we could have just said that and, and probably cut out two hours of, <laughs> of dialogue. I'm going to do what I tell them. I'm going to mute the mic because i got to pull my chair up. So, um, Sugar, what about you? Well, probably going to different camps prob- probably were the times that I recognized the Holy Spirit. And, and one time I hurt, got hurt really bad on my bicycle and— um, I can remember calling mom calling for the elders of the church and having them administer to me and um, just feeling that presence of his of him there, you know, and touching me and my leg healed quickly and I was grateful and so, um, but it's a growing process. Um, I think that uh, we learn each day different things and by um, our relationship with Jesus Christ and spending time in the Word and just recognizing his spirit and working. So I've had the opportunity to uh, have dinner at your house. and You guys have been over here and had dinner at our house once, but I remember being at, at your house sitting in the living room and seeing uh, you both had nice little places to sit and study with a bunch of books around the chair. So that's important, I see, because it's not just a Sunday thing, right? No, it's not just a Sunday thing. <laughs> the interns can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know you're real because I saw your, I saw your books and things around the chair. So that's something that you take joy in. I do take joy in reading in the morning. It's my time, just to spend with the Lord, and I love reading His Word, and I like reading other good books. I I read several, I like guideposts, and I have several um, books that are good books that Rich and Paula Rowling gave to me to read, and other people, and so I enjoy sitting there reading those. Yeah. Um. You so Lynn, I know you're an elder in the church and have priesthood responsibilities. But what kind of ministries have you done as a couple over the years? Counseling, a lot of counseling, a lot of church counseling. We've done. Uh, we've gone down to uh, Arizona and uh, we did a one or two years, I think, of, uh, of Indian ministries down in on the Navajo reservations. And we've um, and the internships primarily the last ten years has been engulfed with that usually. I mean, that's an almost a year's job. It's, we'll be starting in October all over again for another year. I'm, 
I'm excited to get into that, but I'm holding I'm holding off just okay. as long as I can. But I know we're going to get there pretty quickly. <laughs> Tell me about the Navajo uh, ministry. What, um, was, what was that like? Uh, it was um, it was very sandy and dusty, <laughs> and um, sandy and dusty. <laughs> yeah, the, the Navajo people are are um, they're good people. I I when we went down there, we uh, <clears throat> pulled we held classes and. Um, we put a big tarp up so we'd be out of the heat and the sunlight and where the breeze would catch it. And we'd have classes under there and we'd teach, uh, I think we had middle school kids and the little ones uh, for uh, those two years. And because my wife and I both were educators and worked in the elementary systems, we were equipped to do that. And teaching uh, Navajo children was quite a bit different. The lifestyle is different. They're, um, they're, they're uh, people that um, live in a low level of... Uh, uh, what what am I saying? Materialism. They they're not bent around materialism so much. Um, they they don't have a lot of the things that we probably take for granted. And so that was a good experience in that sense. Um, we I have uh, had opportunity to to go to the work in the church thing down in Mexico a couple times when we were down there. And and as we're there as interns, I we I did some preaching there. And um, so we've had. We've had quite a few opportunities outside to to work in the church. What what was the receptivity of the is that a word receptiveness of the gospel among the the Navajo people when you were there? Well, uh, one of the things that I think probably disturbed me was that when we went down there, their their rug they make rugs, you know, and and, and to sell those rugs were really important. Um, some of the people there were very sincere, and some of them came down there for a free meal mm-hmm. or to sell their wares. And they'd put them on their hoods and stuff. And so that bothered me a little bit. But I think, you know, you have to take it where it is if you're going to do anything at all anyway and love them where they're at. And um, that's pretty much what we had to do. And it was a good experience. Um, They uh, most of the time seemed like they were interested in knowing about that gospel. And I I think those camps are still going on. I know we just sent down a huge uh, um, horse trailer. Yeah, horse trailer full of food. Because of COVID, uh, I guess it's taken its toll on them. Yeah, and it's shut things down down there, and they can't get access to food. And so, uh, food was packed up, and we, our interns helped do that and filled this trailer up, and they took it down there and and uh, passed it out to I think was it twenty six or twenty eight families. Twenty. Twenty families. Twenty families, and then they took Book of Mormons to them also. Okay. Is there a church there? A church presence or any standing ministry there? Or I think there's a couple. Yeah. At uh, different places that you can go to. I'm not as familiar with it right now, but I know I know they had a hogan there that they worshipped in and had a baptismal fount. And there's been a number of over the years of uh, members that have been baptized there. And um, so there there are I'm pretty sure ministers on location now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course when we go down there, there's a huge influx of of ministry. Right. All right, guys. Well. Anything else you want to say about your pre-internship time? Well, I was just going to say that one summer, I spent the summer in the Older Youth Service Corps. Yeah, I remember. And I ended up going to South Chicago and living there with a a lady. And there was like five or six of us there. And we ran a Bible school and different activities for the kids in South Chicago for Three or four weeks or something like that. So that was an experience, too. That was put on by the RLDS Church or a mm-hmm. program they had? Uh-huh. So, okay. 
that you were away from how old were you? I was in college. Okay, so you were away from home anyway. Right. In college. Right. Well, what was that like? It was an experience. <laughs> Chicago. Oh, yeah, living in South Chicago with a a, a lady that um, was African-American. I'm not sure if I should say African-American or black, but Mamie was her name, and she was a um, caterer. caterer. Had um, she very nice lady, but she told us not to go out on the streets by ourselves whatsoever and just to be careful when we did go out and to always go with a group of people. And so we... Went somehow we and I can't remember all the details, but we had a car and we did go to the church and we had a volleyball tent up and ran classes and played volleyball with the kids. It was a pretty rough neighborhood, wasn't it? She, right. had, a, she had a gun by the door, yeah. <laughs> a gun and a dog, and she said, "Don't go out there by yourself." But did you get along with the people there? Did they yeah. get along with you? Yes, <clears throat> very much so. Yeah, we enjoyed it, and it was ministry both ways. Right. Yeah, I I do a lot of work in the inner city now with families and in their homes. Mm-hmm. Some terrible situations, some good, but um, I've just made so many great relationships. People are so different. Than, anyway, there yeah. there's a lot to be said about just once you get to see that someone's genuinely interested in you, that everything else kind of fades away. Well, I think that's with with any group of people. Once they find that you're interested in them and mm-hmm. that you really care. Kindness and love go a long way. Yes, they do. So you mentioned the Book of Mormon internship. So for our listeners that don't know, there is a building in Independence right off the square called the Book of Mormon Foundation. Tell me just about the Book of Mormon Foundation, what you know about it, what that is. It's an umbrella that has a number of things that probably fall underneath it. My wife and I first actually had our contact with the Book of Mormon Foundation when we were um, teaching uh, English as a second language. And there was a number of Hispanics in the area that um, did not have English down and they needed to improve their English in order to do a good job living in our country and they wanted to learn the language. So we ran classes for, I don't remember exactly how long, but it was was a pretty good uh, season of time and we had materials that we brought in and and there were a few others that were with us in that program. And uh, helped help these folks get the English down so that they could use it. And uh, uh, the Book of Mormon Foundation does a, a Book of Mormon Day for chick kids once a year, and it's a, quite a large program. Um, they also have a program that was at the, um, uh, what do we call the Independence Festival? the um, Santa yeah, Caligon. Santa Caligon, and, and they'd have a booth there and would pass out Book of Mormons and information in, in regards to the Book of Mormon and the church. And... Um, Let's see. They've also gone out. They have a, it was called the Red Sky Series, and they went to different congregations and presented Book of Mormon prophecies and details that they did, like for a, like a witnessing weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'd get together and design programs, and that was one of them, the Signs of the Times, Red, Red Sky Series. And then there's a number of those. Then, and they can, they're available to go out and share that with others. And so churches would ask them and different different uh, programs that were around the area that were looking for that information, and they could go present to congregations or, or whatever you, you know, whatever the need was. They do research. There's an umbrella part for research. There's a, a part that does the witness. The magazine. Mm-hmm. Month, yeah. That they do, and Linda Gwynn and Sue Manning work, Manning work on that. 
Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's a building there. There's tons of books in the library, and then there's a little bookstore storefront. But it's uh, yeah, they they have a they've uh, their library is pretty much uh, closed down on a lot of the um, outside written materials, but they're keeping reference materials in your Bibles and your uh, uh, scriptures and and things like that. They still have on the shelves and are available. You can get all kinds of different sources from them in that regard. But they've they've uh, stopped uh, selling the you know, the publications that have been put out by various different organizations on the subjects. Mm-hmm. But they do have a big library that you can go in and look at different things. Okay. Well, so, and one of the programs they do is they sponsor in what we call internship mm-hmm. once a year. So tell me about, I, I have friends that have gone through it that are my age now, almost how old that is. So it's been around. How long has the internship program been around? Since 1992. It'll oh, be 30, my goodness. 30 years here pretty quick. I didn't realize it was, had gone back that far. That's really. We have uh, four people, I think, that uh, at least four, three that were second generation interns now. Their parents were interns and now they are. Okay. Well, it started out as Foundation for Research in Ancient America. F-R-A-A. Right. Right. And then I believe it went to the Book of Mormon Foundation Internship Program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my friend Adam that's been on a couple of times, he was so, uh, I think he would have been gone through in 1993 or four, 1994 before we went out. So, yeah, he was one of the first few classes then. Mm-hmm. He's on the first wall of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to hang on just a second. All right. So um, wall of pictures. Well, where were we at? We just took a little break. Yeah, the, the, the room's just about full of, of uh, every intern that's ever been an intern is on the wall. Mm. And so you can see them starting from 1992 and all the way up to this year. Pictures and shirts. Pictures and shirts. I've heard a lot of testimonies, um, and I know those that participate, it's a life-changing experience. We'll get into some of that. Uh, just like Adam and I worked with the Youth Missionary Corps for a year, um, the internship, I never got to be a part of that. I'm a little jealous, but it sounds like a similar thing and just a great experience. So tell me some of your travels. Every other year, or well, things are a little different now, but you go down out of the country, right? We go to Belize. Belize. Okay. So tell me about some of those travels. I know I've heard some of your testimonies, but I want you to share them, share them to the world. Well, we usually fly into Corazal. No, we fly into Belize City, and then we drive up to Corazal and stay in a hotel guest house. It's called Hokel Can, and we've become friends with Lucy and Aaron. We stay there, and then we have rented vans, and that will take us to different places that we do work projects. We've worked at the Seventh-day Adventist schools. We've worked at other schools. At one time when they were first going down there, they had built homes for the saints um, out of Cinderblock, I believe it was. Block, Cinderblock houses. And they've built basketball courts, and they've done all kinds of really, really hard work. Most of the time that we've gone down there, we've done painting. The kids did do one year do jackhammering and Mm -hmm. picks. They took a floor out of a classroom. (laughs) That was hard work. Took a foundation out of an old building so they could repour a new one. Tell me some of your testimonies that you've had when you've gone down there. Oh, there's a bunch. Um, One one of the ones that uh, that I keep I think about quite often is we were we had a van. One of the two vans we rented um, had a um, no, it was one van and a truck. 
and the van sitting up against the curb looked like it was kind of going flat. And I thought, does that look like that's going flat to you? And he says, no, I think it's because it's up against the curb. And so we kept driving and we hit some really rough, the roads down there are terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, I mean, you talk about speed bumps, they don't need speed bumps. They've got enough pit holes to take care of all that. <laughs> but nonetheless, they do have speed bumps and they're, they blend in with the road. You can ask the interns about that. <laughs> they, they could tell you really in detail because they were sitting in the back when I'd hit them. And so they gave me, a, last year's gave me a sign that said, uh, bump ahead. And it's a, it's a road sign. And it's, that, that was to, to remind me to always watch those roads. And they had helped me because it's hard to see. But uh, we were driving and, and um, in, in Belize, there's not very many places that are developed businesses, not like you'd see here in the States. But the, um, um, what are the name of the people that live down there? The Mennonites. Mennonites. The Mennonites are very uh, productive people down there, and they're, and they're in great numbers. And they own very productive farms, and they own a lot of businesses. And one of the businesses that they own is a, is a um, truck tire and domestic car and a truck tire place where they, I mean, it's up to, it's up to snuff. It's up to anything I think I've seen in the country here. It's really nice. It's the only one I know about. There probably is one in Belize City, but we're never up there. I would never have thought Mennonites, when you talk about Belize, that that would be the... Oh, <laughs> there's a big population wow. down you can, there. You can tell because their dress their dress is uh, very unique, and it's so you know they're there because you... Now, can, sorry, I got Are they like white European Mennonite, uh, or yes, are they yes. Honduran or... or uh, they're Caucasian. <laughs> Many of them, I think, okay. went down there for um, uh, investment reasons, I suppose. A lot of them are from the United States. That have gone down there. Matter of fact, uh, I'll tell you in a minute here about this testimony. Okay, good. Uh, they, they, uh, we got into the place, uh, and, and we we're driving up to see some ruins, and we were going around this one place that we knew of that was a tire place, and my um, pressure light gauge went off on the on the van, so I called the other car and said, "Hey, my my pressure gauge went off on that tire," and I said, "Something's wrong," and he says, "Let's go in." So we went into this tire place, which is right there pulled it into the dock and our interns said a prayer before they got off and asked the Lord to help get us through this and that we could be on our way to seeing the ruins. And um, so they got off the van, they took the tire off and they said, whoa, this is awful. This this tire is hazardous. He says, I am surprised that it hasn't blown a long time ago and you're in some ditch. And the young, we had a young intern back over that tire in the back and, and um, she said the ride was pretty rough. And when we got out of there and they looked at the tire, we could see that it there's no way that uh, it would have lasted very long at all. We would have been out of order. And so they re- they took the tire off. And as we're inside the lobby area looking around, our interns are all standing in there. The, the uh, Mennonite at the desk was uh, asking, oh, he says, oh, you're from Missouri. We said, yes. And he says, where? And we told him up in the Kansas City area, up in the um, metro area of Kansas City. And he says, oh, he says, and we said, and where are you from? Are you from another place? And he says, yes, I'm from Missouri also. He says, but it's a small place you'd never know. You'd never know where this is. This is it's a small town in southern Missouri down not too far from Springfield. And I said, well, try us. What's the name of it? And he said, Seymour, Missouri. And when he said that, I said, well, you see those two standing right over there? And we had, what, how many, 18? <laughs> 18 uh, interns. I said, they're brother and sister. And I said, guess where they live? And it was Seymour, Missouri. And he's right. It's a, it's a spot on the wall. And, and uh, it was a really remarkable experience because he, I think he was shocked because uh, one of the uh, female intern worked with his uh, niece, niece, 
who worked in a store in Seymour, and they worked together. So she oh my knew goodness. her. She knew her. And anyway, long story short, we, we ended up uh, sharing about <clears throat> what we were doing and uh, who we were and uh, that we were we have Book of Mormons, and um, we our kids, they have programs, and they sing. He said, well, let us sing a song for us. So they sang a song, and everything in the place stopped. I mean, this is a big operation. One, <laughs> one side's all domestic cars. The other side's all trucks. They all come in, and you can see them looking through the doors, the work guys, the, the people that were waiting as customers, to our interns sing. And I think they sang two, maybe three songs. They sang some in English and some in Spanish. Some in Spanish. Oh, okay. And um, because Belize's official language is English, but they also speak a lot of Spanish. And so then they ended up uh, taking pictures, our two interns from Seymour, with this gentleman, giving them a Book of Mormon. Um, I don't know. Was there anything else I need to add to that? Anyway, uh, they went back to the – when we came back to the States, our um, – interns made contacts with them down in Seymour. There's a lot of Amish down there as well. Mm. And they have connections. So they were going to the Amish and, and uh, sharing their testimonies with them and, and singing. <coughs> Excuse me. The, um, the Amish love to have our interns come because the boys sing and Amish boys don't sing. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So they were <laughs> making a big hit. Wow. Well, and there's another part to this story also because the yeah. young lady that was sitting over the tire, uh, when she got home, she had told her, told her mom what had happened. And her mom said, when was this? And she told her and she goes, well, I was in, in the other room and the Lord told, told me to stop and pray. So as she was praying and for, praying for her protection, the Lord said to her, are you willing to sacrifice your daughter? And it kind of took her back. And um, she said yes, and she, the Lord protected her because she was the one that was sitting over that tire. Mm. So she was very blessed. The Lord watched over her to protect her and the rest of us in that van on that tire. How many trips have you taken down to Belize over the years? Ten years. It's been every five? other year, about five, maybe five. About five. Yeah, five for sure. You made some relationships then. With yes. There's one lady that we see that Bonnie and Eldon started this relationship, and they've contacted her, and she's the one who usually gets the job sites for us to go to work at. And she also invites us over to her home for a meal. Usually on a Sunday afternoon, we go over, and she plays games with us. She always wants to play a couple of games and stuff, and then she makes all kinds of little um, keychains or bracelets or something for each one of us. And so her name is Celia. And we spend the afternoon with her and look around her home. And she feeds us different foods that uh, most people don't eat. Like she grows different uh, fruits that the kids will taste it. And some of them like it and some of them don't care for it. And she made different desserts that some of the kids are kind of apprehensive, but they've tried them and they like them. That's neat. How I should have backed up. Tell so, because uh, I know the program, but people, some people listening probably don't know. Tell me, uh, what is the internship program? What was it designed to do? What's its purpose? How, tell me about that. It's designed to have for the kids to have a close closer relationship with Jesus Christ and to come to know Him better. Also, to learn to be servants and to step out of their box, to be you know uncomfortable in some situations, but. Um, Sometimes we we don't want to step out of our box. We're very apprehensive about doing things, and it's to encourage the young people to 
to diff- do different things for the Lord. And they have to be t- between the ages of 19 and 24 and one year out of high school. So they have classes on uh, prayer, recognizing the Holy Spirit, witnessing for him. We have several classes on witnessing, uh, apologetics. Uh, Bob Baba comes in and teaches a class on witnessing to the evangelicals. Um, we have classes. Archaeology. On, yeah, archaeology. I'm just trying to think of some other ones. Um well, uh, Corey uh, Stark's come in now, and this year, he, last year he taught one class. This year he's taught two, one on how to study the scriptures and resources that we can use to do that. And then um, then he worked, he's also opened a new, um, in in the um, website, gospel.org. Um, Restored gospel. Restoredgospel.org. Yeah. He opened a place where uh, in, only interns can go. And he's put some things in there for them to use as resources. Oh, and I did. I see. I didn't even know he did that. Yeah, Good he for did him. that. <clears throat> it's a, and it's an ongoing thing. Wow. So he he's changing and adding to it. And okay. So Good uh, for him. so they've had some. Um, and, and the scriptures we do a lot of work with the scriptures with our emphasis on the Book of Mormon mostly, but but um, they they have a lot of. Uh, it's kind of a mini. Um, how would you say it? A mini of, of uh, seminary school or something. They. They have yeah. they have a lot of they get they get a lot of information. And so they, they have, learn a lot, and they also learn to build relationships with each other, right. and they learn to serve in just a great way to spend a summer, right? So right. Tell so if someone's listening, nineteen to twenty four, a year out of a year out of high school, right? And then tell about the application process. They have to go online to the Book of Mormon Foundation, okay. and I think it's Book of Mormon Mm-hmm. Book of Mormon Foundation dot org. I I don't know. <laughs> I'm <Google>. not technologically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but the, you can go in there and there's an application they'll fill out and it's usually it's usually filled out in February, and they have to have two references and that can be like a pastor or somebody they've worked for, a teacher they've had, so they those need to be filled out and we have a retreat and it will be the last weekend in January of this sh- coming up. Mm-hmm. And uh, they there they can be seventeen to twenty four to come to the retreat, and, and it's also the last time that our interns from this year will see each other and have a renewal service. Okay, now tell me how many do you take a year? How big of a group is it? it just well, doesn't. We don't, we don't have a ceiling. We don't. Have, yeah. Wow. Um, we do have a minimum though. Okay. Because that's a lot of that's a lot to do. For just so few, but mm-hmm. um, there's a number, and we get below that number, then they say we we don't. Well, that's happened one time, nine, uh, 2018. Um, we didn't get enough, and and then we found out they were out there. They just didn't apply. Ah, <laughs> but this year's group was pretty pretty big. We had 12 interns and two staff members, and our staff members come from the year before. It can be two, three years before that that we um, asked a boy and a girl to be our staff members. And they each have different jobs to do in the internship. They're kind of the bridge between us and, and the interns that the, they're more closer to their age and um, they're, they're probably maybe easy, more easy to approach at times. And so that's good to have, have that bridge there. Mm. Well, we have a couple of guests today that have been sitting here so patiently and, and so good and quiet, but Let's. Uh, I'm going to move the mic over there and let's bring them into the conversation. We've got a couple of interns that spent 
just this year? Just when, when did this uh, when did this wrap up? August the first. Okay, so just a couple of weeks ago. Yes. All right. Well, let me let me do a couple of things, and we'll bring them in. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Right Clear your throat. They, they was, <laughs> I know. Sometimes Corey and I come in here. We'll hit record, and we haven't even. <clears throat> you hear your voice for the first time. Like, so he's like, he's singing on the way over to loosen up his voice. So, <laughs> yeah, when you get when you get together at six thirty in the morning, your voice uh, sounds crazy sometimes. Um, all right, so we've got two guests. Introduce yourself. I'm Josh Dorison. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, tell me about, well, tell me about your summer. What did you do? Well, it was a great summer. We, we did a lot. We had a lot of amazing classes. I don't think there was a single class that wasn't, wasn't good. I mean, they were all great. Um, a lot of singing and a lot of witnessing to people. A great trip. We went to um, Kentucky to visit the Ark and the Creation Museum. Oh wait, you gotta. Okay, I gotta hear about this because I want to. I want to go to this so bad. What was that like? It was pretty amazing. I I've been there before, so this time I could really like look at things because when you go there the first time, you're looking at everything and quickly right. glancing over it. But it was pretty amazing. It's a. It's amazing to see how large the ark was, and how they could have actually done it, and come over or been in there with all the animals. And then the creation museum is pretty. Pretty cool because you have the the history of Genesis as well as some natural history stuff and elements in it. That's it's pretty amazing. Have you uh, seen any of the YouTube videos on Genesis that that are out there right now? Uh, uh, we'll talk about that later. That's all right. Uh, yeah, there's some amazing stuff out there. Um, but is the Ark actually built to the to scale as what they think it was in the in the Bible? Yeah, the um. I think it's it's built to scale. They don't know what it looks like, right. but the size of it is correct. Wow. Yeah, they looked at um, the the amount of space that would be needed potentially for the amount of animals that they estimate and built it to that scale. And uh, they also had something about the way that it would need to be shaped for the – I lost my words. Yeah. Um, yeah, just to – float well with being the size that it was and all of that. So they had a couple of exhibits on how it would be built and why they chose the size that they did and all of that. Okay. Hey, Lynn, can you put your microphone on? I'll have these guys talk for a little bit and we'll go back. There we go. Now you each get your own. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how did you both hear about the internship? How did you know about it? Um, my brother was in the internship, I think, 2016 and 17. So that's where I first heard of it um the year that my brother was the staff member and they came up to mount air where we go to church they stayed at um the intern stayed at our house so that's where i met lynn and sugar okay we've been buddies since then <laughs> and then the actual internship this year is because my sister was applying to it and my mom said you're going to do this <laughs> <laughs> so you were in it with your sister yes oh, okay all right. Any bossing around? Is she your older sister or younger? She's my older sister, and we get along pretty well. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Jessica? Well, I first heard about the internship at the summer series when I was 
nine or ten, I think. The summer series being the joint evening services that the independence churches do in the summertime. And the interns used to come and do a, a season of testimonies and songs before the preaching service. I think they haven't done that for a few years, but uh, they used to do it. And I remember sitting there in the pew looking at this group of people uh, singing together, and there's a song we do for the internship, uh, Ancient Words. And at when the song Ancient Words is done in a service, any previous interns can also come up and join and sing along. And so I saw this group of people together, witnessing of Christ, and I went, oh, I want to be one of those people. <laughs> well, then, um, junior high, wasn't very interested. I went, nope, that's scary. <laughs> and then my brother did it in 2015, my brother James. And he had a great experience with the internship. And um, from that point, I've looked forward to the time when I get to do, would get to do it. And so this year was that, that opportunity. And so I'm very thankful for the chance to be able to do the internship this summer. What, um, what was the relationships like with other people? Did you get to know some people? Did you know uh, ahead of time or did you, did you get to know them in a deeper way or how did, how did those develop? A number of interns knew each other beforehand. Um, there were some who came from out of area. A lot were from the independence area, but you definitely get closer to everyone as you go through the internship process, just because you're spending so much time together. Even if you knew someone relatively well or for several years before, uh, I got way closer to everyone during this process. Yeah, I I knew a few people, but most of them I did not know at all. I had never even heard their names. Okay, yeah. So you, you form a really, really close bond, spending six weeks being a team, and you all have different personalities, and that's taken care of in the first few days. But it is a wonderful experience because you're building ties to build the kingdom and, and to have these people as friends for the rest of your life. So so people that are hearing about this, if you come from out of the area, you have a homes of saints that you stay with during this time, or how does that work? Yeah, they'll, the, intern, the foundation will find you a place to stay. We were My sister and I were supposed to stay with our grandma, and then right about a week before this happened, there was a COVID scare in our family, and so we ended up going out to Dave and Kathy Keller's place. And that was a blessing, mm. a true blessing. And, and just to be able to spend time with them and talk to them and have another, another family that we now know in independence. And it, it was, it was amazing. It was really nice. I'm almost a little jealous of the out of town interns right, getting to live, spend the time with the other saints. <laughs> Cause you live here. In I town. live here. And so I'm about five minutes from the foundation building. And so I just drove every day. Gotcha. But, uh, but you're at the, so you're together from like eight hours a day or more? Um, it's nine six out, it's nine till three most days, sometimes nine till four for the classes and the time that we spend together preparing our program. That's three days a week at the foundation. We spend Monday through Wednesday doing classes and that time together. And then a lot of times we'll spend evenings together. Some of those are mandatory. Well, one evening we went to Bonnie and Eldon Anderson's house and had dinner and a couple classes and spent that time with them. And then other times we just voluntarily spend the rest of the day together after classes. Gotcha. Uh, and then Thursdays, you, well, one day, sometimes Thursday, Friday, uh, one day a week of um, the 
during the class weeks is a service project day as well. So we completed some service projects and then there's the trip week as well when you're together 24 seven. Hmm. So tell me about service projects when you're doing hard physical labor or easy physical labor or, or whatever. What is that like working with other people on the same thing? You really get close to people when you work with them. Uh, you, you see a different side of people. There's sometimes frustrating things that happen <laughs> and your personality is revealed in a different way. I don't know. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, this, it is true. Nothing we did was too hard physical labor. We, we did painting. Um, we moved some books. What else we did, did we, we worked with Team Jesus, Team Jesus, which is a ministry in the Independence area that works with the homeless community, who they call the Beloveds. Oh, um, <laughs> so sweet. That we did outside work for them, uh, just trimming up some trees and weeding the grass and edging the sidewalks and moving some dirt and picking up the trash. Just it was just a couple hours, but it was a wonderful time. And actually, that experience was. That that was one of my favorites. From it was in the early part of the internship, and it was the first service project we did. Um, the pastor there made us lunch, which we weren't expecting after we after we did our work, and he was just testifying of Christ the whole time. And then he gave us a tour of the facility and and was just talking about the vision that God had given them for the, this work. It's a relatively young ministry, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so they've had this building. Uh, it's down on Twenty Third Street. Independence. They've had this building for about a year and it's just, the ministry's just blossomed. They've been able to do a lot of good work. And um, one thing that he kept emphasizing was first you have to meet people's needs and then you can witness of Christ more effectively, mm. meet their physical and emotional needs. And so they're um, in that better place. And then they'll be ready to hear about these spiritual things uh, because you've already shown them who Christ is through your actions. So that, that, made a big impact on me in the early part of the internship. Yeah, it 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 was a massive impact. He mentioned with the meet their needs, then talk to him about Jesus, because you can go in there and see somebody who's suffering and just say, Jesus is going to take care of you. And they'll say, well, look at me right now. He's not doing that. And it's sad, but but when you go in and you help them and then you, then you tell them about it, they're much more receptive and open to it. And then they see the Christ-like... Um, Christ-like spirit in you. So it's it's something that really makes you think. That's pretty deep. Yeah. Can't just be theoretical. Yeah. Wow. We're called to put love into action and to be his hands and feet. And you always hear that said, but I think one thing that really stood out to me from the internship, just through that experience, and then we, we ended the internship with a class on servanthood from Kara Smith and... Through all of that, it, it just became much more apparent and real just how, I don't know, how foundational that call is to be servants with physical actions to the world around us and not just within the church, to the world around us as well. Well, did, um, so this ministry, did they know that you were Book of Mormon believers or yes. did that not come up? They did know that. They did know that. I think the person who was our contact there is... Is restoration. Muriel Ludeman. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. It, so Taylor and Rachel, who were our staff members, the previous interns, they were working on setting up these service projects prior to the internship. They went and met with the pastor here, and they said, well, just so you know, we're we're Book of Mormon believers. And he said, you know, that doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're, we're serving Jesus together, and we're serving uh, this community 
type thing. It, it at least that's how it was recounted to me after right, the right, fact. Right. So, um, so yeah, he knew he didn't care. We sang a couple of our songs for him. So, or for him and a couple of the staff that were there. Good for you. So. Yeah. What did Jessica, did you, uh, enjoy that? Where was the arc at? What, what part of the country? It's in Kentucky. Kentucky. Did you enjoy that? I did enjoy that. I had never been there, unlike Josh, and so it was it was a really neat experience getting to see all of their um, scientific proofs and um, the history. the The biggest thing that came out of that for a lot of us was just being reminded of the power and the majesty of God that's shown in His creation and in in His care, taking care of His people throughout mm. time. Yeah. We also, um, I don't know, this wasn't supposed to be the in-country trip. So you, earlier you mentioned that the, there's an out-of-country year and an in-country year. And so the out-of-country year, they go to Belize. And the in-country year normally goes to New York, to the Book of Mormon pageant, and witnesses to protesters who stand outside, <laughs> the, stand outside of the pageant right. and visits church history sites as well up in New York and then Kirtland and Nauvoo. So that unfortunately was canceled because of the current health situation Pandemic, in the country. Yeah. <laughs> so Lynn and Sugar worked to put together this alternate trip. So we visited the Cahokia Mounds, the Serpent Mounds, um, a couple different Native American sites in Illinois and in Ohio, and then as well as the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum. So it was a very different, unexpected thing. We didn't know what we were getting into. I think a couple people were all gung-ho that we were still going to get to witness just like we would in New York. And I, I think I was a little bit skeptical that in a museum setting, it might not <laughs> be the place for that. And it, it didn't end up being um, quite as much of an opportunity to witness you know, in those spaces. But for us, we were able to be reminded again of, of God's power and his love. And then along the way, there were some people who we got to witness to on our on our driving expeditions and our stops for ice cream, which were probably a little more frequent than they. Yeah, it was a good experience. Well, um, share with me just why, why young people, why are you interested in with all the things going on in the world? What draws you to Jesus, your testimony of him? What, why doing this when you could be doing anything else in the world? I think for me, um, in the past few years, as I've watched the world, it's become less of an interest, the worldly things. And I've realized that it's more important to do what God wants you to. Um, I was talking to my friend who goes to a non-denominational church, and I was telling her that I had just been ordained. And she said, do you go to a seminary or something or a school? And I said, no, you, you study. And when you're kind of, when you're called, I think the Lord is preparing you and and so you kind of, you study and you look at people, but there's not a school that you go to. And it made me kind of think of how do I actually learn? How can I, you know, I live in Lamona, Iowa, and there's a limited amount of saints there. How do you grow? And one thing that the internship has really allowed me to grow, and, and I, I don't have any difficulties with my faith or believing that God is, but the, the, the amount that lays a stronger foundation for you is very important. And every day when you look at the news, mm -hmm. I just, I'm reminded of the testimonies that I have of Jesus in my life that really keep me grounded and keep me moving forward to the cause of Zion. So, I think, 
Go ahead. God is who he says he is. And as you read the word and um, continue to dive into the scriptures and go through life, it, it just, it stays consistent. There are questions. You, you never have everything figured out. But, um, but for me, I don't know. It, it's just, it is consistent. I don't know. How, I don't know how to say this. I can rely on him. Um, there have been a number of testimonies through my life that I can look back on and go, these are, these are foundational. I can't doubt this. And so even when I don't want to, I, I feel the responsibility that I, I have to because I've been given that knowledge and I've grown up in the church. And so I don't know. I, I don't want to give up on something that's so important. How do you both feel <clears throat> being part of a movement that has um, kind of dwindled and um, number-wise, um, you know, has kind of gone down and our services are less and less attended over the years? Of course, we say our hope is in Jesus, but 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 seriously, does that affect your mind or does that cause you maybe to rely less on an institution and more on him? Um, I know you're a different generation than me, but I, my generation kind of watched things kind of crumble a little bit, you know, and um, where are you at with that, with the church? And It's a blessing and a struggle to be in this younger mm. generation of college-age students who, college-age young people who never knew the church in the way that it used to be. We've never experienced the church as it was set up to be. Uh, so it, it has been a struggle for me. I, don't, I won't speak for Josh, but it's been a struggle for me sometimes just going, well, this is such a mess. <laughs> Right. How is it right? But, I mean, the principles of the gospel continue to make sense and to resound with, with Christ. And also, um, also the internship helped that. I don't want to necessarily just lean on that for, no. uh, for all of the uh, things. But it, it really did help that because it helped me to know who God was better. And... I think what you said is an important thing that maybe relying less on the institution and more on who Christ is. And I've seen that in, in some of the, the young people who I say young, you know, younger than the generation who knew the church as it, as it was, which is a lot of years now, I guess, um, who they are more concerned with building bridges and testifying of Jesus. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a blessing too. What about you, Joshua? Uh, I it's made me sad a lot of the times. We were at the internship, yeah. and I opened up my scriptures, and a page fell out at the, something I had written months before that was not in the best light. It was kind of my feelings about the church, and it it made me sad. And I am in a certain position where I go attend Graceland University. And I'm a fourth generation, and so I've grown up hearing a lot of the great things about it. And, you know, you'd go there and have all these church activities and the famous, I would say famous, but, you know, Roy Cheville or people would be there and they'd have these great services. And now I'm going there and I've had some not so great experiences mm-hmm. there just because of the decline. And it does make me sad, but you did say it, it does make you rely a little bit more on Jesus. You know, I understand, I believe that this. That, I mean, the true church is still here. We have the Book of Mormon. We have the Doctrine and Covenants and the, the Scriptures, and that stuff is true. 
and God still looks at his people and he's calling his people and there's there's hope and his will, work will not be frustrated mm-hmm. and if we keep remaining faithful and following the commandments he'll he'll take care of us so there is a lot of hope and, and there are a lot of faithful people out there still but it has at times been sad just to watch the de- the declining church as a whole yeah they go ahead you have something <laughs> go ahead well i was just going to bounce off of something that josh said sure um, that God's work will not be frustrated. That's another thing that really stuck out to me through a number of the internship classes. A lot of the people referenced um, how God completed his work when he set out to do it. We talked about it with the coming forth of the Book of Mormon, God's work in the lives of the Book of Mormon people, and also how God's continuing to work in the church today, even though things seem like a big mess. Honestly, right. I mean, there's there's no organization as it used to be and all of that, but... It was this idea that when Christ comes to complete his work with the kingdom, that he will draw all things back together again. And and the point is him. The point isn't how the church operates. It's all, I don't know, it's it's him. It's, the point isn't our structure, Exactly, yeah. So that gave me hope as well, just to know that God's kingdom will come and that his work won't be frustrated and he'll bring it all together. So it pushes me to keep, following who Christ is through his scriptures rather than, I guess, I mean, I'm still sad about the state of the church, but also there's hope going forward. I think so. I have a lot of hope. I've, I've found hope in his word a lot and who he is, like you're saying. And, um, and then I, I, sometimes I picture myself in the future, like looking down and saying, Oh, that's what was going on. That's why that happened. And it's not such a big deal, but when you're in the midst of it, sometimes you wonder, well, what would you uh, what would you say to uh, future prospective interns that are maybe thinking about it, or maybe their parents are like saying you should really do this? They're like, ah, I don't know. What, what, what would your advice be? My my first advice would be to pray about it. Um, you need. I did a lot of praying, and the the board does a lot of praying about their applicants. So that's the first thing. But then I would say just send your application in. Um, I I have a testimony that I know that the all the interns that I was with were here for a purpose, and I think that in previous years it probably was the exact way that God led them to it. So if you thinking about it, I just say send your application in and trust in God. And if God wants you to do it and it's a good idea, then you'll be accepted. And if there's some reason that you're really not supposed to do it, something's going to happen. But it's an amazing experience. So if anybody's out there listening, I just, you know, Send your application in. Mm-hmm. I would also point to the retreat that Sugar mentioned earlier, the retreat in January, which is a good exposure to the internship and what it hopes to accomplish. It gathers together a lot of the the older youth age uh, who are interested or have been interns. And so that's a, that's a good place, too, for just kind of a practical exposure. But, but yeah, like Josh, pray about it. Also, um, just to talk about, how great it was for a second. It was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of learning. It was a lot of growing. Uh, earlier we talked about how you have to build closer relationships with the interns um, because you're together all the time. And that's not always easy. A lot of times it's, it, it's great. It's fun. You're doing things together. You have your classes, your service projects. But 
then also it gets hard sometimes because there are interpersonal things that come up, but yep. you, you have to work them out because you're going to continue to be together. And also it's because it's important not to let walls come up that will divide you from each other. Um, because the conflict and the contention is how Satan likes to work, divide people. Yeah. That, that's an amazing point. I spent a year traveling with a guy and, and we didn't know each other until we came together, Adam. And, um, we had to get over, I mean, although we really truly enjoy one another, we had personality issues and stuff. And I just, I always look back at that and think who in the church, other than being married to someone that you choose to be with is like, I want to say forced, but forced to be with other people more than just Sunday morning, if you don't want to be other than a week at church camp. Right. And then you go away. So there's really a Zionic principle there of learning to love people for their uniqueness or <laughs> for those things that don't mesh with you, but at the same time, um, learn to appreciate them and realize we're all kind of a, a work in progress. That's, that, yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out, Jessica. That's that's good. Yeah. Yeah, it, it breaks down the walls of, oh, this person appears to have it all together, and oh, they know so much about the church, and oh, this person's really good at going out and doing things. Well, there's all these strengths that come together. But also everybody has those uh, those points of weakness. The 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 we're all works in progress. Um, so it's really neat to come together and to build that that team, not just being a group of people together, but being a team who can work together effectively. And we all know each other's strengths and weaknesses and appreciate each other for mm. what we can what what we have to offer. You don't get a lot of that in the world, so mm. that's a unique experience. Yeah, gives you a little taste of what what the kingdom may be like. Oh, yeah. On our first day, we did a personality test. Okay, were, those are great. <laughs> there were there were four. You could oh. either be a St. Bernard, a fox, lion, a lion, and, an otter. and an otter. They all have, you know, their different traits. And so we did that. We found out what we were. And I was a fox, which I was not surprised about. But then throughout the entire six weeks, we're constantly seeing what each other is doing and going, oh, that's because, you know, she's a St. Bernard or he's an otter and... And well, it, without putting people in a box, but yeah. it was just funny to see those traits really come to fruition yeah. during our weeks together. But it does help you a little bit to understand why people are doing it and yeah. to, you, I mean, you do the test and you figure out what the highest numbers you are. So some people were really close in all four categories. I was not. I was mm -hmm. quite separated. And so that's something that you carry with you, but it, it really does. like it's It's a team and it's a family mm -hmm. and it pushes you to do that. We had some... I think rough moments, I can say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but what resulted was, I think, a stronger team. Yeah. In fact, I won't say too much, but one of our rough moments happened on the trip. Mm -hmm. But the day after it, there was a testimony of that night and the day after it. And from that point, it, I think it went better from that, yeah. that point on. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a rough day. But uh, we came out stronger on the other side of it because of turning to the Lord through that and working together to fix things. That's a unique environment because in our families, in our biological families, we have those moments, but you can't walk out of the house and say, I'll see you next year. You know, you, <laughs> you know you're going to look at them in the morning and that night. And But but we can do that sometimes at church. We walk away and I'm like, ah, I'll just let this fester or simmer. But when you're mm -hmm. forced to work out that type of family deal with people that aren't of your biological family, that's just such good practice and, you know. We always say that camps, at least my friends and I have always said, camps are a little bit of Zion, the summer camps where you get mm -hmm. to spend a week together. You have classes, you have um, 
opportunities to serve each other. And um, I think this is more like that, more like Zion, because, uh, well, okay, I probably shouldn't word it like that. But what I mean by that is that we are forced to work through those hard things. Camps are only a week. They And they're wonderful. I have had many testimonies and good mm-hmm. experiences with friends and with the Lord through those times. But as you said, in this extended period of time, or as we've said, I don't know, in this extended period of time, you just have to work things out. And so there's, there's more struggle, but there's more blessing from that struggle, I guess. Let me ask you, we'll wrap up here, but I want to ask you both, since it's the Book of Mormon Foundation, um, what is what does the Book of Mormon mean to you? I, I think our church maybe got a little sidetracked in trying to take the Book of Mormon to people rather than the message contained therein. So tell me, what does the Book of Mormon mean to you? It means everything. It really does. Um, 2014, a guy came from the COC. He had just left to our congregation, and he started the Book of Mormon study that um, I was forced to go to. First time I ever truly felt the Spirit was the second time. From that point on, I was happy to go there, but it really um, became a foundation for me in the internship. But the Book of Mormon itself is just, it's an amazing book, and it, clears up so much stuff. We, it's the plain and precious things. Yes. And I would I would love to share it with people, and I would love to take it to people, but really just reading it and understanding from for myself because there's so much in it. And we had Corey come in and talk to us about chiasms. And, and you're, when I was, when you read it, it's so much simpler than the Bible. Yeah. But in reality, it's even more complex. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, whoa. But it, <laughs> It means so much to me. It's it's so pure, and Christ's, Christ's words are in it, and they, they're somewhat powerful. It's it's just amazing. I, I love for people to learn about it, but I also love when I can sit down and read it and have my soul mm. filled with the Holy Spirit. It's very personal to you, not very. just a— not just a thing you carry to uh, to be your identity, but like you, you're engaged with it. It's oh, yeah. part of who you are. That's I mean, beautiful. You hear some people talking about their scriptures that they've had for a long time, and I understand that completely because I love my my personal Book of Mormon. It's I need it with me all at all times. That's <laughs> so beautiful. That's beautiful. What about you, Jess? Well, it's a it's a testimony of Jesus Christ, and reading through it uh, before the internship it just became much more clear to me than it had been because I, I read it when I was younger and I'd kind of put it aside a little bit, not necessarily intentionally, but I went to college and I was in a Christian group and I said, well, I'll get more familiar with my Bible and I'll read that. And I, I don't know, I just hadn't touched my book of Mormon for a long time other than classes and sermons and all that at church. And so going back into it, it just seemed so alive. It's, it's testimony of Christ. And as Josh said, the, plainness of it. Um, the truths of the gospel are so clear. Mm. That's beautiful. That's Josh, you just touched me, man. I, uh, you know, cause Corey and I get together and we discuss the scriptures a lot. And I, I'm just thinking, as you said that, like, I don't know the last time I sat down just to read if I wasn't studying or preparing or trying to learn something. And like, all I want to do right now is just go down by the river and just sit and 
be engaged with it. <laughs> so I'm going to, that's on my list to do this weekend. So thank you for that, for that, Jessica. That was, that's beautiful. I'm so um, blessed to be here in this room with both of you. I, I, your age, um, you know, there's things in the scriptures that talk about our youth, but you have both had the opportunity to really um, minister to people and bring them along in their walk with Christ because of your age, because it's not something that we, uh, it's not something that is normal in the world to see mm-hmm. young people, you know, with their focus like it is for you guys. And so when we see that, um, it makes people think like there's got to be something real because there's so much else you could be doing worldly in the world, right? But but this is where you're at. This is your focus. So thank you. Thank you for being engaged and sharing your testimony. Anything else you guys want to say? I mean, this is your time, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a responsibility, though. I, I, I yeah. That hit me pretty hard right at the end of the internship with so much knowledge and so many mm. testimonies that came from it. Just reaching kind of a, a stronger point in my faith and in my knowledge and walk with God, my what hit me was that now it's a responsibility with to whom much is given, much is required. Oh, and that's such a mature viewpoint. That's so true, isn't it? Yeah. So my prayer going forward is that I don't slip away from that. And I'm going away to graduate school this fall, four hours away. And where at? Uh, Edwardsville, which is a little outside of St. Louis. It's in Illinois. So okay. And what, Josh, what are you studying? Uh, I'm studying uh, music. Oh, I love music. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a violin major or master's student uh, with also a teaching emphasis. So, you know what's crazy during this pandemic and everything? It's like when so many things shut down. You know what gets you through? Art and books <laughs> and music, and it's like those things are so important in life because without them, it's like what worth what what. To me, anyway, I get artistic. What, what, what use is it, man? Those are the beautiful things that beautiful I think they remind us of the kingdom. When we hear that perfectly played music, it's like there's, it's almost perfect. It's, yeah, it's a glimpse of it. Yeah, a glimpse. Yes. Uh, so you're going to Edwardsville mm-hmm. Graduate School, mm-hmm. Joshua. Where are you at right now? You're at University of Is it Graceland University? Graceland University. What are you studying? I'm a business mate and international major. So and then I, I have known the piano. Professor there for a long time, so I do a lot of music stuff. Oh, okay. Too. You're musical as well. So, okay, I heard your dad and maybe your younger, older sister. Yeah. Sing at a, and they were beautiful singing together. And so you also have the musical bug. What do you, you play piano? I play piano, violin, and trumpet, but I'm mainly piano. Okay. But I do keep it under wraps every once in a while, (laughs) simply because dad and Isabel are quite well known for what they do and they get asked a lot. So I. (laughs) <laughs> Unfortunately, I kind of hide my talent. Um, I shouldn't do it, but uh, do you sing as well? <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, I can sing, but not like they can sing. Mm-hmm. Now there's an older, there's an older Jordison. He was here, Samuel, right? Yep. And he's about ready to marry another guest that was on Zoe. <laughs> so shout out to them. Yeah, I've come to know the Jordison family now, and I'm. Glad to get to know you as well. Of course, the Tandys, John was always, uh, I knew John before I knew John, just from the <laughs> internet and some of the earlier material your dad put out. Yeah. Um, I used that as study material and was a blessing. And then I was happy to actually meet him finally in person. Yeah. So um, i tell you what, if you want to pass that mic back to Lynn, we'll get Lynn and Sugar here and wrap this up. Um, boy, I feel like I just had a little 
bit of worship here this morning with everybody in this room. It's a happy place. It's going to be lonely when you all leave now. <laughs> That's how we feel after six weeks. It's, yeah. it's really hard because you get so close to the kids and then all of a sudden they're gone. Oh, yeah. You have to go kind of a, through a withdrawal. And you do that every year. Yes. Yeah. Bless your hearts. That's a sacrifice in its own way. And rewarding. Are you planning on staying involved with the internship? As long as the Lord wants us to be there and our health our health holds up. I'm 72 and I'm a diabetic. So actually I was a, um, I was a Hyatt uh, risk. risk when I was on this situation. Two things, Sugar and I try to remember, though, about the internship as, as directors, that this is not our work. Uh, we're only the servants that would like to do whatever it is that the Lord is leading us to do. And so we're trying to be careful to ask him and then, even more importantly, wait for the answers. And even in choosing our staff every year, we do some praying about it and that the Lord would lead us in into that part of it. And I had another point, too, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but this uh, this work oh I, I know what it was it was the um, the idea that it was speaking of camps that Jessica was talking about camps um, a Catholic priest that I had done a service with for a marriage and he said how do you keep your youth in the church and I guess he knew that some of our, our folks seemed to stay or he had us associated with somebody else that did but anyway whatever the case I said well I said these kids go to camps and I said they they're their peers, and they grow up together, and they have these experiences, and it fuses them together, and that's exactly what the internship does. It, it um, you know, of, of all the folks in our, our church that we should be paying attention to it are those that are at the crossroads of their life, those that are making their decisions in careers, their decisions in who their companions in life are going to be, and we need to pay attention to their lives and what what their needs are, and the internship kind of does that. It takes them where they're at right there, and it really does fuse them together. And so I can tell you that um, we have interns. Not all of them, I'm sure, have stayed within the realms, of, uh, but most of them have. And when there is an internship song that they're invited to come up to and sing, sometimes we're shocked by how many interns <laughs> come out of the crowd and come up there to sing That's that song neat. with them. Yeah. yeah, and my thought was when they were talking about the fact that Sometimes we have differences, and we have to learn to work those out. And I said, how can we have Zion if we can't learn to get along with each other? And that's why in the internship we have so many, so many different personalities, and that was one thing that was brought up by several of the kids this year. They made the comment when they saw who was going to be part of the internship program. They go, oh, how am I going to get along with that person or that person? Or I've seen them before or whatever. But they did. They they learned to get along. They became a team. They were a family, but they had differences. But you have to learn to, you know, pick your battles and learn to love each other no matter what. If they can do it, that gives you hope, doesn't it, for yes, Zion? It just yes, it does. Exponentially, just take that exponentially out into the atmosphere, and, and we can do it as people when we don't have any any other choice, right? It, because we come from all different, different branches. Mm-hmm. We're not all from, you know, the— the different factions that we have, but we all come together because we have the Book of Mormon in common. We have the love of Jesus Christ in common. And we use those things and servanthood to focus on so much. I like when I asked you about the internship, what's its purpose? The first thing you said was to, to have a testimony, you know, to testify of Jesus. And, and it wasn't to learn how to prove the Book of Mormon or whatever. That's Jesse, did you have something? 
Uh, it was from what Lynn said, actually, just to say from the intern perspective, it's so wonderful to feel the support of the older generation, all the people who come in to teach classes and Lynn and Sugar giving up six weeks of their time. <laughs> this year, they ho- they were one of the families that hosted um, hosted a few interns in oh, their house so they as well. So living with them at- literally 24-7, <laughs> they're loving on us. And and then oh. again, all of the all of the class teachers and people who brought meals and everything. And it 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 makes me recognize and just feel so much the love of the saints through this experience and through the support that they'd given. And I don't know, I, I did my wandering in college and just questioning and uh, feeling disconnected at different times. And so this has been such a wonderful grounding foundational thing to get connected with other peers, but also with the rest of the church and to feel that connection through the love of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, any last thoughts from anyone? Yes. I, I have one last thought. And this yes. is kind of about what Sugar said. I had some family members who asked me when we were doing the internship, what did you learn about the Book of Mormon? And when you hear the Book of Mormon internship, you kind of think it must all be about the Book of Mormon. But that's not completely true. We had a class on fasting, on prayer. We had um, Every Wednesday was a fasting service. We, there's a lot more than just the Book of Mormon, and it all ties back into the Book of Mormon. But it's just absolutely amazing how much that six weeks can have an impact on your life because it it is life changing, and it it is extremely extremely strengthening. Mm-hmm. And just we had George Thomas, and I had heard him say this before, but he said you have to have a personal testimony of Jesus Christ because when someone's pointing a gun at your head, which he had been in, you have to have that testimony. And it, that really hit me hard, and I've been thinking that every, every single day pretty much since that, that class. And so it's, it's a lot about the Book of Mormon, but it's much, much more. You see, we always put the Book of Mormon like in this little thing here, right? It's, it's, the Book of Mormon is Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So you learned about Jesus in many ways. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, for those listening, if you know of a youngster that would fit that criteria. We'll put a link to the Book of Mormon Foundation on the show notes today and so they can click on it. And I know there's probably stuff on there about the internship and the upcoming retreats. Um, feel free to share this with with anyone that might be interested in hearing testimonies from these from these young people. We have a new witness. It'll be, the next witness will be all on the internship experience. And the witness is a periodical, so if you don't get that, you can go to the Book of Mormon Foundation, I'm sure, and sign up for that. Um, so, yeah, there's there's that. Corey's working on a new program. Um, you know, he did the Final Prophecy, and it's an interactive where you can use it on your phone or whatever. He's doing one now called What Does the Book of Mormon Teach? And it's kind of the same way where it opens up and – and it's all about the message of the book, not proving the book. And so I'm excited. That's going to be a good resource too. So we're thanks. just so appreciative of all the teachers that come in and yeah, and teach each year. And we've had new teachers this year, and it's just it's it's wonderful to to sit in the class ourselves and to hear what they're having to say. And there, I know there's other adults that have said, "Why can't we take those people to the different congregations and have them?" have those classes also. So it is a great opportunity for the young people of the church. Mm. Yeah, I truly wish that everyone could have the classes and the the experience that um, 
I don't know, just all the, all the knowledge that I've gained, but also a just brief testament to the Lord's work through everything. There were the number of times that classes dovetailed and um, like we would have one in an evening and the one the next morning would fit perfectly with what was taught the night before. Actually, there was a spontaneous class one, one week, um, actually from my dad, he'd been planning to do this class for the older youth previous to the internship. And we, it ended up getting delayed. And so uh, he said, well, if I do it, would the interns want to come? And I said, well, probably. And so I invited them and that he taught this class. And then the next morning, the, the, the next class that was taught, it was just, flowed seamlessly and there were some some um, themes that were common throughout those two classes and and also just from beginning to end of the internship just the the idea of servanthood and the idea of God's work being finished and all of that it it just all flowed together so beautifully to create this picture of of God's work and his kingdom and the teachings of the book of Mormon and uh, how yeah just how it all fits together that's awesome. Well, uh, I guess we we should wrap it up. I've whenever I meet someone and they they bring up Restore Gospel podcast, I'm told that the stories of the saints are like some of their favorites. So uh, I'm sure this will be a blessing, and uh, I can't wait to get it out. We'll try to get it out this week. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. We've yeah. enjoyed being here. Yeah. yeah. Well, without you guys sharing your testimony, we. <laughs> We wouldn't have this, so I'm always glad when you come in and talk about Jesus. And what a great way to start out the day. I love doing them early in the morning because it just sets the tone for the day. And I haven't gotten angry at anybody on the road yet or anything. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, thank you guys. And uh, I can't use Corey's outro. I'll just leave that for him. Thank you. (laughs) God bless.